Welcome to ConX, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today I have Brett Pierce on the phone. Brett, how are you doing? I'm doing well today, Scott. Thank you. So, um, Brett, uh, just to kind of begin, uh, as I do uh, each week, is I, I let's tell us your story. Tell us about kind of where you grew up, kind of what led you to do doing what you do now. Sure, sure, yeah. So, so basically, I was born and now I'm here. What happened in between, right? That's the yes, that's the, that's <laughs> the deal. So, um, I grew up in in a small town, Stockton, Illinois, nor <clears throat> northwest corner of the state of Illinois on a on about a 250 acre dairy farm uh, I am second oldest of seven I have three brothers three sisters wow. and uh, you know what a what a blessed um, what a blessed part of my life to be able to grow up that way and and with family it, like that just because you know I think everything that I've done to this point has come from some experience that I had, you know, growing up. And I, I wish everybody could do that. I wish everybody could experience a big family, close knit family, brothers and sisters, and and just all those experiences growing up on a farm like that. Um, super pivotal in in my life. Mm -hmm. So from from there, um, I got into into carpentry just through. I guess the interest uh, as the second oldest, there wasn't wasn't much of an immediate future for me in farming, which I enjoyed, but it wasn't really an option. Um, so carpentry always in interests me. I was able to um, to go through a vocational program in in high school, get some carpentry experience through our junior and senior year, and then made a decision after high school to go through go through a trade school so carpentry trades um it was it was just about a one-year program we learned we learned really everything about construction outside of the outside of the mechanical trades plumbing electrical hbac and, the, and those things um and so my career path was 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 carpentry was a carpenter and um through the next series of of events um led me to where I am today. I worked full, briefly for another construction company out of, out of school for about two and a half years. And then uh, I've been with, with Wells and Wells for um, going on 21 years. Oh, wow, wow, wow. So I always say that me and you are dinosaurs, you know, people don't go through uh, trade schools anymore. Well, they should, but they don't go through trade schools anymore. They absolutely should. and. And getting into construction to to pick a trade, you know whatever that trade is, and to be on a job site, um, whatever your end goal is. I mean that's the to me anyway. That's obviously it's been good for me, but but it's 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 always something to you have that thing to fall back on is your trade. So tell us about uh, your company. Okay, yeah. So well, Wells and Wells Construction were. Um, where we started was um, Daniel Wells, the owner of the company, uh, out of college as a mechanical engineer, worked for a few years, decided that he, you know, wanted to get out of the office and, and into the field. Um, he always, always had interest in construction as well. So he started the company in the late 1980s, um, doing some, some small residential work couple of people, him by himself, couple of people in that 
kind of slowly grew over the next, you know, obviously several years. Um, so what Wells and Wells existed for about 13 years before I started on. And we, at that time in 2001, did a lot of small residential projects, bathrooms, additions, remodels. Um, we did a few new houses every once in a while. We did some, we started doing some like commercial work, some remodel churches, um, some small light commercial new buildings and just gradually got out of the residential work mm -hmm. um, and into commercial, but stayed into, into I guess the residential part of that in, in multifamily. Uh, so what we do a lot of now and what we got into was multifamily, both market rate and, and student housing, um, garden style, both of those garden style and some infill like podium where we'll have concrete construction, some parking, uh, a lot of wood construction. And that's that's what we, we do a lot of today. You know, I became uh, uh, familiar with your company a little bit. I And I, I believe you guys are the same company. You guys had worked on University of Kentucky, correct? That's right. So our first interaction would have been me reaching out to you in 2018. We started a project, a large student housing project near the campus of University of Kentucky in Lexington. Um, it's a privately developed project which we do 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 mainly or do 100% of their privately developed uh, and we were looking for field engineers project engineers interns um, and so I think I think you were you were working with Eastern Kentucky University at the time uh, and so we were just we reached out to see if you had anybody that, that we might be able to get a hold of interesting it's funny how uh, how paths cross what so your core focus currently for uh wells and wells is what you you said you guys got out of residential and it's more um private work it, it is it's it's all all private we we shy away from um from anything public so we do privately developed um multifamily and that could be market rate apartments Garden style. We do, we've done a lot of student housing in the past um, 12 years, 13, 14 years, and that's in on on or near campuses. Uh, really, really in many many parts of the country. We, we, our home office is here in Champaign, Illinois. We recently opened an office there in Lexington, Kentucky, about a year and a half ago, and we continue to work there. Uh, we've done work in in the Carolinas. Um, multiple projects in Florida. We've done uh, a little bit of sort of service work in as far away as, as uh, Washington State uh, and, and Colorado and those, those types of places. And that's done through relationships with developers that, that do that type of development in student housing and just kind of travel with them and, and we're excited to be a part of their projects. Well, what's just funny is I was watching the news last night and they were talking about how UK is going to have a shortage in housing because they have the largest uh, freshman class they've ever had. <laughs> With all the buildup they have done, it's still not adequate enough, you know, so uh, that's uh, just shows you you guys are in a good, uh, good business there. So so what, you know, in the future, what does the future look for, look like for you five years from now or 10 years from now? 
so we're in a we're in a period of growth. Um, our management team here is 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 getting after it. We're trying to paint that big picture. We're, we try to see see a goal where if we're going to uh, attract and retain talent, um, we need to have a plan to grow because the people that come want to see opportunity within our company to grow, and we don't we don't want anybody to come in here and see see a ceiling. We don't want to be a you know a stepping stone. Uh, people talk about coaching jobs being a stepping stone. We want to be the destination, um, and, and we fully realize that to do that, we have to have at least a big picture growth, hire the right people to to help us fill in the steps to get there. But um, so, like I said, Champaign, Illinois is home. We do uh, currently we do a lot of a lot of our businesses here, and we think that that'll continue. Um, we've done a lot of that work for the last you know 30 years through reputation, word of mouth. Um, but I think there's opportunity there just in business development to to continue to grow. Our little little market of Champaign, Illinois. It's a university town with some healthcare. Um, we're, we're a little bit unique because there's a there's a handful of national developers that come right out of Champaign that we have lasting relationships with. Um, so so we'll always have our core business here or one of our core businesses here. And like I mentioned, we've recently opened um, a satellite office in Lexington, which really came from us going there in 2018 and doing two large student housing projects and just getting a sense of Lexington, starting to form relationships with city officials, with subcontractors, with people in the community, um, joined the Chamber of Commerce, have met a lot of people that are super open to, to helping us make, make connections. So we have a lot of focus in the next five years in Lexington to really really push that to compete with the work that we do in terms of volume and profitability with champagne uh, but then outside of that we want to establish that model in in at least a couple of other markets uh, in the in the southeast um, that's that's kind of where we're headed we really want to push the growth in the next 10 years so talk to you talk to me a little bit about some significant events that have kind of helped shape the business model that you have today um you know you've been around the, the business for a while um and you're an anomaly not only from the fact that you came up to the trades but um like myself but you're also an anomaly that you've been with the company for long you know for a long time most people nowadays go from company to the company well i shouldn't say most people but statistics are that you know i average college graduate will have sit work for six different companies when after he graduates he or she graduates so talk to us a little bit about you know what you've seen uh you know that has shaped that business model of your company yeah and there's definitely um to, to the point about me me being with wells and wells for as long as i have it's been simple simple opportunity and that's what I've, I've talked about is we recruit attract and retain talent you, you know we've been a growing company maybe at a little slower rate but i've been in a position to see opportunity take advantage of it and really grow up with the company um so so that's been a big part of why i'm here and certainly help help drive the vision of, of where we go further um a couple of significant things that we 
one a significant event and then a couple of things that we've done to really shape uh, where we're at today uh, one for a lot of companies in 2008-2009 you know it's sort of sink or, sink or swim uh, just mm-hmm. based on your positioning or maybe backlog of work what, what was lined up what contracts were, were held uh, we were we were we had just agreed to contract with uh, our first real significant multifamily project here in Champaign uh, with a local developer who we had not worked for in the past, um, but but we were able to, we went through a, a competitive bid situation there and then it was a, an interview process. And just into September of 2008, uh we were awarded the project and got it started and it was a two-year um 18 buildings had uh had a clubhouse swimming pool the whole the whole deal right here in our backyard and you know if they if they would have pulled the financing on that or if they would have got cold feet and and backed away from that deal uh it's hard to think of where we would be because it would have set us back um you know certainly years in terms of okay what were we going to do were we going to survive but then also um that put us on the map in terms of what our capabilities are so now coming out of that in 2010 we have that experience we've done a project of that size you know our volume builds up when people say okay what size projects have you done well well we can we have something to point to and we have a customer that that we were able to service appropriately and, and they would definitely provide a recommendation for us. So that was a huge transition. Um, and we we piggybacked off of that going in a couple of years later to our first big out of state project. So then then that established that okay, now we have the ability to travel. We've done that successfully. Um, but one real big thing is six or eight years ago we we hired some management team from outside of our company and that was interesting to me because up until that point you know you don't know what you don't know so the only thing we knew about construction is how we've done it for the last 20 years so the processes that we've put into place the experiences that we've had that's all we have so now we hire a couple of people from from a large um, commercial company uh, out of St. Louis, and they had an office in in Las Vegas, where where these two guys were came from. Ultimately, um, but their experience was completely different, and they had been around a company that did three to five hundred million dollars in revenue every year, and they've seen the processes and the systems that they put in place, and the software, the technology to to grow and be successful. And so that's a, just a completely different perspective on on our business and. And uh, they're a huge part of, of our management team today and help us drive that big vision moving forward. Um, super critical to get that perspective. That That's interesting. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure there was a lot of hesitancy there um, at, at first because uh, bringing somebody else in to, to I mean, it, it, and it's not to tell you what to do, but to guide you gosh that's that's you got to be a humble person and be 
really open and really want to succeed to do something like that. That's right. And and I don't know that it started that way. And I think it was, we were starting to grow and we needed some, you know, up until that time, we didn't have all of the personnel to really run a job effectively. We had like mm-hmm. two project managers. I'm, I'm pretending to be one at that time. Um, and you know, a couple of superintendents. We don't, we didn't even, we didn't realize the structure that it takes to really grow and really do multiple large projects at, at the time. So, so when we were hiring, we're like, okay, we need project managers. We need people that can come in, uh, take a project from start to finish, estimating. We didn't even have an estimating department at that time, so they need to be able to estimate a project and run it, provide support to the to the people in the field, and kind of take it start to finish. Then what happened was is, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, we're going to hire somebody that's going to do my job. <laughs> I know so, that's going to be hard. That's hard. Wait a minute. And then about five minutes later, you know, five minutes into the into the thing, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Okay, now we've got smarter people in the room that have more experience, and 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 let's go do bigger and better things. That's, I mean, now I can't get enough of that. Like. I never want to be, I, not that it's hard, but I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to, you know, put the, give, give me those people that can help us see the big picture and then let's come up with a structure to, to find the steps in between, you know, big picture first for me. All right. I know I want to do it. We know we want to do it. How are we going to do it? I don't know, but, but let's figure it out. So let's talk about you a little bit personally. Um, What skills and ability do you think have helped you succeed in the construction business? Well, um, I guess it's some things Don't be humble. Right, yeah, that's hard. That's hard hard question to answer um, uh, about yourself, but but some things that, that I know that people look to me to do that 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 I that I enjoy doing or or maybe do well, it, you know, um, problem solving. You know, that's something in construction. That's what we do. If there weren't any problems, we wouldn't in construction management anyway. General contractors. If there weren't any problems, we wouldn't you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing any of this. So, I, I think that bringing solutions to a problem. Uh, involving the right people asking the right questions that's that's definitely a strength of mind and then and then making a decision whether it's you know right or wrong uh let's make a decision and let's let's move it forward um learn from a mistake or but also transition as soon as you realize um that that you're not going down the right path let's let's make an adjustment so i i'm i don't hesitate to make decisions because i know that's important to keep information flowing to keep a job moving in in the multifamily and especially the the student housing the schedule is so important because we're we're given we're given a project typically the design takes longer than anticipated uh the developer has a duration in mind we we're we're given a, a start date and a finish date you know the kids are moving in that's not negotiable there's no there's no overrun there so so we fit the project within a, a, a given schedule and decisions have to be made, problems have to be taken care of. Um, but then through all that chaos, customer services, 
is obviously a one a in in our business and taking care of the customer uh, our our work is 98 maybe more 98 99% negotiated um, work so the the relationships that we have with our customers and it's repeat business also uh, the customer service is is just a is top priority and and typically if you're making decisions with the best interest of the project in mind you're providing customer service without without realizing it so that's um that's that's key and and those things those are the things that are on top of my top of my mind well you know you know what's interesting about what you said is i wish i could identify just being a, a hiring manager myself i wish i could identify the trait of being able to fix problems you know like some characteristics of a person what you know what that would be and and i don't know if you struggle with that but i struggle with that because um and uh, i was just watching re recently i was just watching a video by uh steve jobs and he was talking about having problem solvers on your team that can figure it out i just don't know how you do that in an interview without um you know to to pick those out you know you can't get it off a resume mm -hmm. i don't know if i can pick it up during the interview do you have any thoughts there i do um and you know we've certainly swung and missed a, a few times but but one thing that we do now is a we we interview multiple times with multiple people so we don't get everybody in the same room so we definitely want a different perspective on somebody's personality to us it's way less about construction or or technology experience um it's way more to us about personality fit fitting with our culture and can we just communicate can we sit down in the same room and have a conversation if if we can talk um and it could be about sports or family or, or, or work or anything um, if we can just communicate and the conversation is free my guess is that when a problem comes up we'll be able to to calmly work through that mm -hmm. and to talk about that and somebody's personality is is that of communication uh, that they'll come to you with a problem uh, and not try to try to bury something you know that's you're right that's that communication the problem solving ability and the best we can come up with is hey do, do our personalities match to a point where we can communicate without without any anxiety or or any friction so let's let's uh you know move to my my last major question before we move to the kind of the speed round here but i love this question because it's the best question out there if you were to go back and talk to 18 year old brett and give him any advice both personally and professionally what would that advice be Well, you know, I'm in a fortunate position, and I and I certainly, um, uh, from from the standpoint of construction, from the standpoint of of me doing what I've wanted to do and doing what I enjoy, um, I would have less advice to, to to myself. Although, if I spend some time, I'm sure I can think that through. But in, in terms of getting into construction and, and learning a trade, 
that's that's the most important thing I would tell tell someone to do first. Learn a trade, spend as much time on a job site as possible if you're going to be in construction first, because you can always you can always move into a management role. You can always move into project engineering, construction management, uh, project management. Um, you know, superintendent puts you on the job, but but typically our superintendents have have traded or carpentry experience also. But being on the job, you do, you get the knowledge, you get the experience, but also I think one of the, one of the most important things in construction is being on that job site makes you relatable to others. And and when the problems do come, it's it's the it's the guys in the field, it's the superintendents, it's the trades, it's the foreman, it's it's the the people putting the putting the pieces together that you're going to be working with directly. So if you have the experience and you're relatable, you can share your own experiences. Um, you know, you gain respect through that versus, hey, you know, this this guy, he's never been there. He's never he's never dug that hole. He never uh, cut a rafter. He's never uh, set a door. He has no experience. You know, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put a put a lot of weight on on his advice here. So his or her advice. So that is I think that's the advice It's if you're going to be in construction, you have to have that field experience it's, it's critical great advice there so let's move to our speed round so from i want you to rate the following eight categories on a one to ten basis one being the least important ten being the most important um you, they can all be tens and a lot of times people rate them as tens but uh uh but uh i want to get your thoughts in general from your perspective and if you want to give the a background why you believe so feel free we'll start off with estimating um and i'm gonna i'll give this answer based on my experience and and really the work that we do so estimating to me is kind of um in a in the six range and to me that's a lower score because uh, because our work is negotiated uh, we're typically we're locking in locking arms with a customer and a design team uh, at a very schematic level and so we are able to help control the design to fit within a budget or or a concept that we we all have from from starting so so hopefully um uh when we get to construction we've, we've got a pretty good full understanding of the scope of the work and the costs associated with that now certainly certainly mistakes can be made um in the field that that can can sort of ruin the work that you've done done up front but i put it at a six scheduling that's pretty high for us, and um, I'd give it an I'd give it an eight because and the reason I wouldn't it, in my mind it's a ten, but the reason I, I back it off a little bit is because you need to be able to be flexible with a schedule. We're typically writing the schedule pre-contract, and there's a, there's a schedule going going to the owner with our contract, and it's really what we manage and how we manage that schedule. But also, if we don't hit our milestones, if we're not hitting hitting our benchmarks along the way. Um, you know, finishing late or not finishing the project, and then or not or finishing the project at a without a high 
high quality, um, you know, that's not an option. So throughout the construction process, we are constantly monitoring our milestones um, and pushing that thing up front so that so when it comes to the end, which it always does, uh, we've given ourselves as much as much room as we as we possibly can. Being on schedule is definitely not good enough for us. It's uh, we have to be ahead of that schedule because we know we don't know what's coming. Now the next two categories: one's contract, the physical contract, and uh, the other part of that is the contract administration, the actual execution of that contract. Mm-hmm. So co- contracts for us, which I'll, I'll interpret as as the, as the owner our prime contract with the owner, the general contractor and the owner. Um, we put a lot of emphasis on that, obviously pre-construction, but then our hope is that once that contract is signed, it's it's put away and it's never never referred to, looked at, certainly never looked at or referred to again. And, and fortunately that has been the case most of the time, but not always. Uh, contracts I'm gonna put down there uh, at, a, at a six, just in practicality because the contract is only as good as the two people that sign it, the two groups or the two companies, uh, the two teams that sign it. And it's just how, how we work with each other to, to manage the contract from, from day one through the end. Um, so I don't think that the paper itself carries, carries a, a lot of importance. Design. The, Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't. I didn't know. If you well, I was going to add on in the contract administration part of that. You know, I, I think about that more. My mind goes from us as the general contractor to maybe a subcontract, and and how we tie the two together um, to make sure that the, the subcontractors have the have the entire scope of what our prime contract includes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the same deal. So you know, that's a six also just because that's typically based on relationships. It's more important in a market where, where we haven't worked with the subcontractor and we don't know them. We don't know what scope gaps are going to, going to come up. If it's a subcontractor that we work with all the time, we've got a pretty good idea of what they're covering, what they're not. Um, And then when something does come up, we know that they will or won't step up. We know that we'll get it. Uh, We'll certainly have the relationship that we'll work it out. So um, also a six, just because at the end of the day, it's it's the people. It's definitely not the paper. So uh, design. Um, I think the design is uh, it definitely depends on the project, but it's it's a seven. Um, you you want seven or an eight? You want the project that you're working on to be something that, that's exciting to you, that's interesting, that's that's fun. Um, but then the actual development of that design is, it's 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 critical if it's new. It's critical if it's a, a construction type that that maybe you haven't done. Just putting details together and making sure that everything's layered correctly. But our our experience and this experience we we lean on in terms of our subcontractors fills in a lot of a lot of gaps in design details and at the end of the day we're the professionals we're the we're the building professionals and and it comes back to us from the owner or the design team and say hey you know you you should have known that this 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 was going to go this way Uh, we definitely are the type of company that 
uh, we will not, you know, we don't, we don't nickel and dime a, a, a customer because we're working from a relationship standpoint, repeat business standpoint. And typically in our projects, we've locked arms with the, the owner and the design team early. So we're going to protect them through the process as well. If something was left off the drawings, um, you know, we're, we're going to do everything we can to make, to make that right without, you know, certainly without any finger pointing. So we can overcome, we've certainly overcome poor designs in, in the past and, and uh, sort of part of the deal. Accounting. Um, that's a tough one because I'm not directly involved, uh, you know, from a project accounting standpoint, there's two parts to that one business accounting two project accounting, uh, project accounting is, is pretty critical. Um, and it goes into contract administration a little bit, just in terms of, of subcontractor invoices, scheduled values, change orders. Uh, I guess that's really contract management in those, in those terms. Project accounting is pretty important. Um, at the end of the project, you don't want to be left with with a bunch of trying to dig up old emails or, or change orders that didn't get executed or or, or other things. Um, but it, it 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 depending on on the subs you're working with or the customer, you know, you can still still complete the project if, if all that stuff lags behind. But but it is important, and, and I'll give it a seven. And, and business accounting is the same. It's it's pretty important. Uh, at the end of the day, you you want to make sure that your your you know financial financially stable position that all your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted um, going in going into the next one. Because our financial stability of our company is is part of what what gets us work as well as part of our reputation. And speaking of getting work, what about business development? Um. Business development to us right now is, is is important. If you would have asked me that four or five years ago, I would ask you what what that is. What's that look like? I don't know. Um, up up until really a couple of years ago, we didn't we didn't do any. Uh, all our work here in Champaign and and nationally was was relationship based. It's repeat customers. It's people we know, word of mouth. Um, it's it's. You know, our phone would would ring uh, when we opened our office in Lexington. It was starting from ground zero, almost ground zero. So we we had um, we didn't really know what that looked like, but we've developed that. So so right now, business development to us is about just meeting people, um, building and growing relationships. Uh, you know, and they're not necessarily sales calls. Uh, sometimes they are, but it's just it's just reaching out to people and getting them to know them, know know you, getting to know them, uh, sharing our story with them, just so that they know we're there. Uh, just saying, hey, uh, if if something comes up, we want to be at the top of your call list. We want to be in the front of your Rolodex. Call us if you just have a question. If you have a schematic design you want to you want to run through, let's. We want you to think of us. Uh, we'll always answer our phone. Um, and those are just some things that we can offer to that relationship so that um, so that down the line those the seeds that we plant can we can harvest. So that's that's an eight for us right now. And as we look to develop in other markets, it's it's gonna probably be even more important uh, than an than an eight. Last but not least, leadership. 
it's a 10 out of 10 uh, uh, or, or higher for sure. You know, everything we do here is, is about developing um, people and it's what we do for, for others and providing opportunity for others. Um, setting that big goal and, and getting, getting our team to, to take ownership of that and, and help us with, with the intermediate steps that, that get us to where we want to go and, um, you know, just develop people, uh, develop as leaders, developing leaders to lead people, you know, to care for and support others, um, both internally and, and externally. One of the, one of the biggest things we can do as leaders is take care of what we call our internal customers. So if, um, if I'm a, project manager on a on a project and the superintendent has a question about a contract if if i ignore that um you know he's not able to do his job and then then the subcontractors are not able to do their job and ultimately we're doing a disservice to the to the project which is a disservice to the customer so it, it, it's the it's the adage you know to take care of your team they'll take care of the customers and that's 100 percent accurate in what we do uh, when i go through my email in a day i pick out Okay, who, who's the internal emails? I'm gonna attack those internal emails first. They can move on to take care of the customer. Um, that's, and that's, um, that's what leadership to me really looks like here, is just developing people in those skills and providing um, maybe an example that, that for them that they can, they can build on and hopefully do better than me. That's the, that's the goal is that, is that they they do things better than I do, and that's that's the best possible outcome. Well, Brett, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Um, I, I I love your story because uh, I don't feel so much like a dinosaur when I talk to you. You know, so but uh, but but the truth of the the truth of the matter is is that um, I wish there were more people um, out there that had kind of come through the trades and learned construction through that lens and uh and so great credit upon you i i'm uh, i've heard a lot of i didn't know wells and wells until you guys came to lexington but i've learned about you guys over time and uh very impressive with what you guys do a lot of great relationships a lot of uh, a lot of great work heard of great things and uh, of you personally heard a lot of great things and um, as I do with all my uh, guests I always want to give you the last word sure you know I think the, the one thing that I can drive uh, drive home to take away here is it, it's not about the work that we're doing certainly not I think I've explained that in some of my answers it's about it's about the people it's about who we are as, as leaders, how we treat others. Uh, the, the work is is ours temporarily. Uh, it's it's our responsibility definitely to pass pass it on, pass on our, our knowledge, our experience to, to the next generation and, and really just take those blessings that we have today, distribute them uh, to others and, and grow them in, in their relationships. So th that's, that's all I wanna say. Um, if you don't make it about the work you make it about the people everything else falls in line that's that's proven itself over and over again some great thoughts there join us next week for another episode of connects mm -hmm.